Thanks for joining us today here at etag.tv online. We are glad to have you a part of our online campus to see what God uh, will do through this ministry in your life. We encourage you to prepare your heart from a message from Pastor Gary as he preaches about the Holy Spirit. I am so thankful for what God is doing in this hour, and I'm thankful for your partnership with the vision of taking this gospel uh, to people everywhere. By your faithful support, your prayers, your giving, uh, Evangel Temple is able to make a difference in many lives in many places. And I just want to encourage you to continue and thank you for being a blessing to our vision and what God's given to us to share this good news. Well, I want you to stay tuned, invite your friends and loved ones to be a part, and let's see what God has for us through this exciting series on the Holy Spirit. Father, we just come before you right now, Lord, just to, just to pour our oil upon you, Father, and our worship. We pray, Lord, that it would be a sweet fragrance.
kids can be dismissed at this time and as they're being dismissed I this morning we were singing that song as he first loved us and I couldn't help but to think as we sang the lyric I'll never forget where he found me you know it's often in church when I get the opportunity to preach and it's on Wednesdays and in juveniles and in prisons I just sometimes bury my face in my hands and and just recall Lord I'll never forget where you found me I'll never forget where he found me a broken mess took me out of the miry clay and washed my sins away gave me a fresh start amen I think sometimes it behooves us as the church to not forget where he brought you from it'll change what we complain about it'll change what we're focused on sometimes on, on, on social media what our conversations are in the foyer if we just sometimes remember where he brought us from the paint on the walls isn't as important or the songs that we sing or how loud the music is or whether views are comfortable or not or what the temperature of the room is the temperature of hell for eternity becomes a little more relevant to us amen where you remember where he brought you from come on I just want you just for 60 more seconds can you just let your life be an offering come on Emily just lead us let it be an offering to the Lord tonight come on just remember where he brought you from Lord you're worthy tonight you're worthy tonight <laughs> we'll never forget where you brought us from Lord Come on, sing it tonight, church. Come on, if the Lord's ever done something for you, that He deserves your worship. Come on, just give Him right now the ovation. Jesus, you're worthy of our worship tonight. God, you're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. Hallelujah. You're worthy of the offering of our lives. We bless you tonight. If you would open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and I want you tonight... As you're turning in the scriptures, so let our worship arts ministry know how much we appreciate them. Thank you so much, Emily and all of our worship arts ministry and even Ryan and Jennifer right now while they're on vacation. We have an incredible worship arts ministry. And I'm so thankful. You know, there's not a lot of churches or, or some churches you can't walk in and go into the presence of God. Some worship teams can just lead you to the gates but not into the courts. And I'm thankful that our worship team leads us into the courts of God's presence. Amen. With a word... That was just given a few moments ago in tongues and interpretation. I believe that God has something to say to the church today. The scripture that I'm going to start with was in the word that was given to this church. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verses 9 through 16. It says this. But as it is written, what no eye has seen nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the spirit for the Spirit searches everything, 
even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thought except the spirit of that person, which is him. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God, which is obviously the Holy Spirit. Verse 12, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. What we might understand the things freely given to us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit. Interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept these things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. You may be seated. There are a lot of aspects of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is fire. The Holy Spirit is wind. But I want to just tell you something tonight before I get started on the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I hear people in Pentecostal movements or even in non-Pentecostal movements refer to the Holy Spirit as an it. It moved this morning. It was incredible this morning. The Holy Spirit is not an it, it's a person. He's a person. It is not an it, it's a he. The Holy Spirit is a person. And he wants your time, he wants your prayer, he wants your conversation. He wants to have an intellectual, intimate time with you and all of us on a regular basis. The Holy Spirit is not just an altar moment. The Holy Spirit is not just a worship service. The Holy Spirit is not just Pentecost. The Holy Spirit is certainly all-powerful. The Holy Spirit is certainly Pentecost. But the Holy Spirit is God in your life every single day. And many times it's a tragedy that people leave the Holy Ghost, the third person of the Trinity, at church. The Holy Ghost not only wants to dwell in you, but the Holy Ghost wants to reveal to you and uncover some incredible spiritual truths in your daily life. The Holy Spirit wants to unveil some amazing things, your purpose, and, and wants to unveil your calling and your, your walk day to day in God. Un unveil some things that in your future, change and shift some things. The Holy Spirit has an incredible opportunity in our lives if we allow Him to. The Holy Spirit is omniscient. The Holy Spirit is all-knowing, knows all things. And as our scripture in our text denotes, he has a supernatural insight that you and I do not possess. I'm always amazed to read uh, reports of the CIA that are unclassified over the years or watch things on the History Channel or, or, or different documentaries of how the CIA gave reports to the president or, or, or gave intelligence to the president because they uncovered some things. Well, the Holy Spirit is you and it's my central intelligent agent. Inside of us, dwelling in us every single day, is a source that has an intelligence that you and I cannot tap into otherwise outside of the Holy Ghost. Amen? That deserves a praise because God deposits something in us that gives us something that we can't do on our own. Amen? As we study the scriptures in 1 Corinthians 2, this inner intelligence called the Holy Ghost gives us wisdom that we can't imagine. Verse 10 says, The things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. 
How many of you want to know the depths of God? I don't know about you, but when I wake up in the morning, I want to know, want to know what's on the mind of Christ. I want to know what's in the depths of God and what God has to say to me on that day. I want to dream about the Holy Ghost. I want to dream about Jesus. I want it to be the last thing I go to sleep with, the first thing I wake up with. The Holy Ghost is not just an altar moment. The Holy Ghost is in your every moment. Amen? Revealed, that word revealed comes from the Greek word apocalypto or apocalypse. It means to uncover, to lay open what has been veiled or covered up. He is your central intelligent agent. He wants to uncover some things that God wants to show you. The first thing he wants to uncover to you is your purpose. He wants to reveal God's perfect will for your lives. I've seen and I've talked too many times at the altars or in counseling sessions or to people just frustrated in the faith that are in their 50s or 60s and feel like they've missed the mark of God's high calling in their life up until that point. And it's never too late. You don't have to be 16 searching for the will of God. You can find the perfect will of God at 50 years old. And the Holy Spirit is the perfect person to reveal it to you. Who better than the one who has all knowledge and searches even the depths of God? The central intelligent agent, your king, your Jesus, your Holy Ghost wants to reveal your purpose in life. We make decisions based on our past and present. The Holy Spirit makes decisions and gives advice based on our past, present, and future. Why would we not listen to the one who holds the keys to our future versus us overriding the Holy Spirit only knowing what's happening now? We take the knowledge from the Holy Ghost and we take it into our own hands. We saw how that worked out for Abram. When he took his own will into his hands and he slept with Hagar. We've seen how it happened in other people's lives. And David, when he slept with Bathsheba. When you take your own will into your hands, we can see in Scripture it doesn't always work out quite well for you. I would rather trust the Holy Ghost who has my past, my present, and my future at the heart of the decisions and the will and the purpose of my life. Amen? Let him uncover for you who you should marry, not eHarmony.com. Let him, the Holy Ghost, refer and, and, and to you the spouse, the perfect spouse, not ChristianMingle.com. The Holy Ghost can do better than a social media website or a dating service. Amen? I don't know about you, but I'm trusting the Holy Ghost. I want the Holy Ghost who knows my future, who I'm going to be in 20 years, what I'm going to be doing in 10 minutes, what I'm going to be doing next month, and the kids that I'm going to have. I want the Holy Ghost making my decisions, not ChristianMingle.com. Let him reveal your career, your job switch, if that's a need in your life. Let him re reveal wisdom. Sometimes we can have wisdom, D-U-M-B, wisdom, rather than wisdom. When we trust in ourselves, it's not the wisdom of the Holy Ghost. We need to trust the wisdom of the Holy Ghost. How many know we need the wisdom of God directing our life, not making life-altering decisions just based on what we see? What we see will fail us every day. We need to make decisions based on what we can't see, and the only one that has a source to that is the Holy Ghost. The only one that has the depth of the heart of God that knows all things omniscient, Knowledge of, of heaven and eternity is the Holy Ghost. Why would we take our purpose into our own hands? Something may not look right right now, but the Holy Spirit knows it's going to work in 20 years. The Holy Spirit is supernatural. He knows things that you cannot see. 
Remember the Holy Spirit searches everything in the depths of God. He knows yesterday, he knows what's going on right now, and he knows tomorrow. I'd rather take his advice, not Dr. Phil's. Amen? In order for you to successfully do what you need to do and learn what you need to learn from the Holy Ghost, you need to hear the Holy Spirit speak. Now, this is one of the gravest things in the church as you talk to people is, is people don't recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to be a Christian for 20 years. You don't have to be a pastor, a deacon, or a Sunday school teacher to recognize the Holy Spirit when he speaks. In 1 Kings 19, Elijah heard God speak in a still, small voice. It's awfully difficult sometimes to hear that still, small voice amongst all the noise in our life. We, we can't hear God over the television. We can't hear God over the radio, over the internet. We can't hear God over all those videos. We can't hear God over our social media. We can't hear God because we don't pause and take time to hear that still small voice. And that still small voice grows ever louder the more you focus and tune in and get alone with God and focus on what the Holy Ghost is saying to you. The inner, central, intelligent agent of your life has the knowledge that you need to hear. Listen to when he speaks. The still small voice in our lives it, it, it can help us more than the people that we hang around. See, that's why choosing positive people, because listen, I, I'm going to tell you something. This is a truth, and you need to write this down or take note of this. You are a direct reflection of the voices you listen to. You're a direct reflection in your life by the people you hang around, by the, the things you read, the things you take to heart. You are a direct reflection. Many times, you can tell who someone is just by who they hang around. I go to the jails all the time and see inmates and go into the prisons and juveniles and they're, all, they're never the, the bad person in the crowd. They're always the one hanging out with the bad crowd. You are who you hang around. That's why you need, some of you need to change the people you hang around, the spiritual people you hang around. Some of you need to change even the, the, the quote-unquote godly people that you hang around. If there's always negativity, always what she did, and if there's more talking about what someone looks like or what they did than they do praying about it, you need to change friends. Lately, I've been telling people that come to me to tell me about a leader or a situation or a friend, I ask them, have you went to the prayer closet and asked the Holy Ghost how they feel about the situation? Because once you send all your opinion through the Holy Ghost filter and it gets back to you, I promise you your opinion's going to be different than before you prayed. Go listen to the Holy Ghost voice. Go let the Holy Ghost speak to your life. Your opinion won't be as strong and as negative, I promise you, when you leave the prayer closet. That's why the Holy Spirit, when it has something to say, when, when the Holy Spirit has something to say, we need to listen. But what, the, one of the things that, that, that uh, I see happening sometimes when we hear the Holy Ghost is, is we have problems acting on what the Holy Ghost says. James 1, 23 and 24 says this, For if anyone is a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and he goes away and at once forget what he was. We have to be a person that, that not only listens and hears what the Holy Ghost has to say, we have to be a person that acts it out. Don't just be a hearer. Because it's, it's, it's sometimes we can get in tune and we can hear what the Holy Ghost says. But the Holy Ghost says go to your workplace and start a Bible study. But that's, that's way bigger than you. 
You can't imagine walking into a place and going into the whoever it is to rent a conference room or to reserve a conference room and say, I'm going to start a Bible study and I'm going to do it with six people if that's what it takes because the Holy Ghost says it's time to do something different at my workplace. We as the elders of the church sometimes pray for God to move at high schools and God to raise up boldness in teenagers and college students, but we ourselves as adults, we aren't going to take our workplace for Jesus. Should we ever require something of our children that we are not going to do ourselves? On flag day, it shouldn't be see you at the pole only in high school campuses. It should be see you at the flagpole at your workplace. Amen? Don't just be a hearer of the word. Be a doer. Let's not just pray the prodigals in. Let's go out and witness to the prodigals. Amen? Let's not just pray for there to be new ministries. Let's go start new ministries. Let's not just pray Pastor Gary catch the vision. Let's pray that you take the vision and run with it. Amen? Let's not just be hearers of the word, let's be doers. I remember a few years ago, I guess it was quite a few years ago now these days. It was about 18 years ago. Man, that's hard to believe. I was graduating high school and, and I was getting close to graduating high school and I was chasing my dreams to play collegiate sports and play baseball and football in school. And then as I graduated high school, uh, I felt God stirring me and calling me to ministry. And, and it was getting a little heavier and, and the burden that God was laying on me for my future was getting heavier. And I felt it, but in a way I was turning from it because I wanted my four years of my agenda, what my calling, my Abram to Ishmael, my, my creating an Ishmael moment in my life. I wanted one moment. I wanted to do my thing. God, I'll put you on the shelf for a few years. Let me do my thing. I'm so glad that God stopped me before I created an Ishmael in my life. Who knows where I would be today if I didn't listen to what the Holy Ghost said to me. I was standing out on a baseball field at college baseball practice, and I was standing on shortstop, and I was kicking around the clay, and I'll never forget the still small voice that spoke to me that day right before I started my college classes. God spoke to me, said, you're standing in the wrong field. I'm calling you to another field. It was the most difficult decision I ever had to make in my life. But that day, the Holy Spirit was so loud in me, I literally walked off of the field, walked to my car, got my letter of intent, all my stuff, put it in the same envelope from the day I signed it, took it out of my car, went and placed it on the college coach's desk, and said, God's called me to preach. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know how to do it. I'm a first-generation preacher. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just telling you, God's called me to preach, so I'm leaving baseball behind. Coach called me dumb, said a few choice words, said your scholarship will remain until January, but son, you're making a big mistake. I told my family, I'll never forget, I went home and I told my mom that I was walking away from baseball and, and I'll never forget I called Stacy and I called all of these family members and friends and there were people that were upset, there were people that were excited, but you know, I didn't really care what anyone around me thought because I just knew that I was in tune with what the Holy Ghost said, Amen. Sometimes you got to hear the word and it's going to be confirmation, but you got to be willing to do the word. The Holy Spirit not only speaks direction, but he is your spiritual alarm system. The central intelligent agent inside your dwelling place, your temple, is a spiritual alarm system. And he's there for a purpose to protect what goes in the temple. The Holy Ghost has a job to do to protect the two access points in your life, your eye gates and your ear gates, which the beginning of the scripture talks about, no eye has seen or ear has heard. 
speaking of what we don't know about our life, that we've got to tune into the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is there to protect things that you don't need to see. He's there to protect things that you don't need to hear. He is the spiritual alarm system. Do not tune him out. Sometimes we, we like to unwire and disengage and turn the off button of our alarm system when we walk into a movie theater. Disengage the alarm system when we watch the television. Disengage the alarm system when you watch a comedian. But I'm here to tell you the Holy Ghost is not renting your temple. He owns your temple. So we're not here to serve eviction notices. We're here to say, not take away from my conviction list. Let me add to my conviction list. Let me ask you, church, when's the last time you added something to your conviction list? Not draw a line in the sand and, and continue to back up and compromise and draw new lines, but step over the line and say, you know what, I'm growing up this year. I'm growing up, I'm going to a new level this year. I'm growing up, I'm going to a new level this year. We need to go to new levels and new heights. There's not enough time to play games with the Holy Ghost. Hear my words tonight. The Holy Spirit protects our eyes and our ears from the sin intrusion of this world. The enemy is seeking to kill and snuff out things in your life. The enemy wants to put memories in your mind that will ruin your marriage one day. The enemy wants to put things in your, in your memory banks that will cause insecurities down the road that will cause you to look elsewhere. The enemy wants to intrude in your life and the Holy Ghost is a huge alarm system going off convicting us. We need conviction, amen? The Holy Spirit conviction is our moral compass. Let me just say this about conviction. What you are convicted of or not convicted of does not trump what the Bible says. I'm going to say that again. What you're convicted of or what you're not convicted of never trumps the absolute truth of God's word. God's word is the final word. It doesn't matter if you're not convicted by it. If the word says you can't fornicate, it doesn't matter what you're convicted of. You can't fornicate. If the Bible says a man shall not lie with a man and a woman shall not lie with a woman, it doesn't matter what you say or Hollywood says or even Congress says, what the Word of God says is the final answer. Amen? Our convictions are the Holy Ghost convictions. Amen? The problem with our nation is man's opinion has replaced the black and white of God's Word. Conviction is an alarm system the Holy Ghost sets off saying, run away as fast as you can. It may not say in the Bible, thou shalt not, shalt not watch 50 shades of gray, but the Holy Spirit is setting off alarms saying, run! Bible may not say, thou shalt not listen to Katy Perry's newest filthy song, but I can promise you this, it's sounding an alarm to your ears and your eyes, close and protect and run. The conviction of the Holy Spirit should be welcome in our lives. The privilege of conviction is what Oswald Chambers said years ago. Conviction of sin is one of the rarest things that ever strikes a man. It should be a privilege to you be, to be probed. To be, to be convicted and, and heart to be pierced by the Holy Ghost, saying, run, turn, look away, close your eyes, close your ears, listen to worship, bow your knees. 
The Holy Spirit conviction is a privilege. He goes on to say, it is the threshold of an understanding of God. Jesus Christ said that when the Holy Spirit came, he would convict of sin. And when the Holy Spirit rouses the conscience and brings him to the presence of God, it is not his, speaking of man, relationship with man that bothers him, but it is relationship with God. When I walk into church, it's not what everyone else thinks about me that bothers me. It's what God thinks about me that bothers me. It's not what they say is okay. It's what God says is okay. Our convictions may say it's okay and acceptable, but our culture right now is doing a really good job of making things culturally acceptable in church that's not biblically acceptable. Another thing the Holy Spirit inside of us is senses. It changes the way we sense things. The natural person in verse 14 says the natural person does not accept these things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. See, the deep things that God may be saying in our lives sometimes makes no sense in the natural. In order for you to live out the spiritual, you need to get your information at a spiritual level, not a carnal level. God may be telling you to go to a different direction and, and travel a different way in your car to work or go to church a different direction. It may be 20 minutes longer, but you just sense something in your spirit that you need to go a different direction. Then you hear later that there's a 10-car car, car pileup on the bridge that God sent you a different direction because you sensed something in your spirit. Some of you miss your sense of the Holy Spirit, so he has to give you a flat tire. You need to listen a little, a little bit better to the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost has to sit back and go, my goodness gracious. I've told him to, to go to a different direction. I've tried to tell him to get gas. And now I'm just going to have to put a nail in his tire. And then you go, that darn devil. And the Holy Ghost is saying, you should listen. <laughs> he might be telling you to give a sacrificial gift to somebody Give a sacrificial gift or a larger pledge to the Arise vision than you can even afford. He may be telling you to fast several meals a day and go into your child's room and pray at a certain time each day for their salvation. It doesn't seem to make sense in the natural, but the Holy Spirit in the sense inside of you, the central intelligent agent of your spirit is saying you need to fast, you need to pray. It don't make sense to mama, it don't make sense to husband, it don't make sense to anybody around you. But I'm not here to make sense, I'm here to tell you what the Holy Ghost is saying. Deep cries out to deep. You want to go in the deeper things of God? You want to get into the river of God? You need to be sensitive to the depths and the deep things of God. Listen to what the Holy Ghost is saying. Amen? Sometimes it doesn't make sense in the natural. In the natural, the worship team can come as I close. God has a track record of doing things that don't add up in the natural. It didn't make sense to people watching Noah build an ark to sustain a flood when it had never rained before. It didn't make sense that 5,000 people were fed with only five loaves and two fish. It doesn't make sense that Lazarus can be dead four days and then come back to life. It doesn't make sense for someone to have a blood disorder for 12 years and just instantly be healed by touching the hem of Jesus' garment. There's a lot of things with Jesus and the word of God that doesn't make sense. I don't know about you, but I'd rather be on the side of faith and do things he tells me to do and then see miracles happen and transpire in my life. I would rather make no sense in the natural and make perfect sense in the supernatural with God. The Holy Spirit will never tell you to do something that doesn't make sense 
eternally. It doesn't make sense for you to be a drug addict and now be whole. Amen? It doesn't make sense for you to be addicted to drugs for years and years and now you're whole in Jesus. Called to ministry, preaching in the prisons, going on the street. It doesn't make sense, but the Holy Ghost doesn't have to make natural sense. Amen? He is a supernatural Holy Ghost. It doesn't make sense for your marriage to be restored. It doesn't make sense for your kids to be back in church serving God. It doesn't make sense a lot of times. That's just called faith. I'm not walking by what I see. I'm walking by what I can't see. It's nice sometimes to look out of an airplane and look at the wings and see you flying and the planes propelling you along in the air. You cannot see what's holding you up in the air. It's not the wings. It's not the engine. It's the air underneath your wings. I don't see the air. I can't even watch its effects. I just know the plane's in the air. Sometimes you just need to trust the Holy Ghost knows better than you. Sometimes you just need to trust the Holy Ghost knows in five years this is a much better decision than what you're thinking about. You've got to trust what the Spirit of God is saying. Amen? Because the Holy Ghost makes a way where there seems to be no way. The natural person cannot accept the things from the Spirit. But we don't have to understand as long as you keep believing, the impossibilities are made possible in Christ Jesus. That's hearing what the Spirit says. You ever walked into a room and you just said, something don't feel right and you had to leave? That's a sense of the Holy Ghost. See, it's working. You have access to it like pastors do. You have access to it like you see TV evangelists do. Nathan Morris, God bless him, and I thank, his, I thank him for his gift and what God does in his life. But he's not the only one that hears the Holy Ghost. You have the same access to the Holy Ghost. You just have to listen. You just have to be a doer. You just have to settle yourself down. Your hands can lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. The same power that Jesus resurrected in lives in you. You just have to believe it. Church, you just have to believe it. You just have to believe there's something that's called the Holy Ghost. It's not an it. It's not just a factor. It's not just a dynamic. It's not just an experience. It's not just an encounter. The Holy Ghost is God. The Holy Ghost wants you. The Holy Ghost wants to invade you. The Holy Ghost wants you to speak. Thus saith the Lord. The Holy Ghost wants you to heal. The Holy Ghost wants to give you words of knowledge. The Holy Ghost wants you to come to the altar, turn things around, and never come back for the same thing. True repentance. Holy Ghost gives us the ability to know things even about our children. Kids, I've heard my four sister-in-laws, or my wife and her three sisters, say many times about their mom. My mom just knew what was up because she's in tune with the Holy Ghost. Parents, grandparents, you know what I'm talking about. You just knew something was up. Something didn't look right. You just sensed something. A few years ago, we walked into the emergency room for the second time earlier that week we were there. The doctor sent us out the door and it was Gavin and he was very sick with 104, 105 degree temperature for, for many days. And Stacy kept saying, there's something not right. And they sent us away and just said, it's a virus that'll pass. We were there three or four days later. Second time, the doctor said, it's just a virus. And Stacy said, I know it's not a virus. I just believe that there's pneumonia in his lungs. You need to check. And the doctor said, there's no pneumonia. I was sitting there right in the room, and I was looking at her thinking, you are really bold, Dr. Stacy. 
And I kind of sat back. She told the doctor like it was, and she said, I order you. She pointed that finger, I order you to do, a, to, to, to do an x-ray of his lungs. He said, whatever, mama, we'll do what you ask. And they did an x-ray, came back in. The doctor says, ma'am, you're right. He has pneumonia in his lungs. And see, you know, just it, it's just a sense. The Holy Ghost tells you something, and you just listen. She could have sat back and said, you know, I really feel like, you know, and, 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 and I just, I'm not sure. But she said, I know. And she didn't just listen, but she was a doer. We just know because we sense that thing. You know, it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense in the natural to walk around Jericho six times. It didn't, each day, God said, go walk around for six days. And then on the seventh day, he said, walk around seven times and blow the trumpet. And the walls fell flat. That didn't make sense in the natural. It didn't make sense in the natural. You can imagine Joshua saying, okay, here we go, day one. Here we go, day two. Okay, on day six, we've walked around once, and it's six days. And God says, now on the seventh, walk around seven times, and then blow the ram's horn. And when you do, you watch those walls fall flat. It don't make sense on your terms. It don't make sense in your world. But you just watch God do what God does, not what Joshua does. It didn't make sense in the natural, but it made sense in the supernatural. Church, if we would plug in in these last days... And to the God that can make impossibilities possibilities. If we would plug into that God, the church would not be able to contain the 3,000 sanctuary, seat sanctuary pastor saw years ago flying back from Israel. God gave him that vision. You know why? He gave it for a church that believes the Holy Ghost can do his job. And that he can empower us to go to the ballparks, to go to the high school, to go to the workplace and say, you got a sick friend? Bring him to church because they'll be healed in Jesus' name. Bring him to the altars where the Holy Ghost dwells and it oozes from the raptors of the church. In church, if we believe the Holy Ghost does what he says he'll do, the church wouldn't hold the people who would come. People in the, listen, there's some people in this room tonight you need desperately you need desperately the walls of Jericho to fall in your life. There's some people in this room tonight that I know that you've walked in this place and you might be in the 11th hour and you're saying, God, you've got to show up. I don't believe he's coming home unless you show up. I don't believe that my wife can, can straighten up unless you show up. I don't believe my son or daughter can come off drugs unless you straighten up. God, I don't believe I can lose this addiction unless you show up. God, I can't make it another paycheck unless you show up. Somebody in this room, you need some walls to fall in your life. And you need to listen to the Lord. And you need to stand up. And you need to begin to march. I want everyone in this room to stand. And I want, if you need some walls to come down in your life, listen to what the Spirit says. And I want you to move to this altar tonight. And God's going to move some mountains. God's going to cause some walls to fall. Come on, I want you to move. I want you to move if you need some walls to come crashing down. Come on, listen to what the Spirit is saying. Listen to what the Spirit is saying. I believe the Lord has just caused me to pause. And I want you to listen to me. There's been a long time this spiritual alarm system has gone off in your life over a situation. It may be an addiction. It may be a struggle. It may be something that you just cannot beat on your own. 
I don't know what it is. Maybe something needs to come out of your refrigerator. Just listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying right now in this room. The alarm system has been going off for a long time and we've been turning it off. The Spirit will not always strive with man. Tonight, today, is your day of salvation. Today is your day of repentance and turning and walking away. I want everyone, listen, I want you to lift your hands up and I want you to focus on Jesus. Just bear with me as we listen to the Holy Ghost. God wants to get somebody's attention. Sir, ma'am, this is your night that God has stopped the service and says it's enough, enough is enough. Enough is enough. The alarm system right now is sounding and the Holy Ghost is saying get it right. On the count of three, I want you to move from where you're standing. If that's you, no one has to know what it is, but the alarm system is sounding of heaven. One, two, three, you need to move from where you are right now. Come on, I want you to lead us in worship, and let's pray. I want our deacons, our pastors, come on, I want us to come pray. There needs to be some breakthrough tonight. Amen? Come on, church, let's pray for Jericho to fall in some lives. Amen? church get into with the Holy Ghost come on we got something to worship about tonight amen resurrection power lives in you come on worship him worship him Those of you that are still in your seats, I want you, if you would, I want you to hold hands with the person next to you. Come on, if we can extend the aisles. Sunday night church services draw in a group of people that want to go after God, I believe with all my heart. I believe that people that go to Sunday night church want to see a move of God in America. I believe that people that go to church on Sunday night instead of the beach 
instead of going out to eat, instead of doing all the other things, I believe this is a people in the room that wants to see America shift. This is the kind of service that gets the attention of God. This is when God sends a holy hush across all of heaven. And he looks over the balconies down to Jacksonville, Florida and said, there's something about that church that's going to cause me to stay my hand of judgment for two more years. God can pause and stop on the calendar of eternity when he sees repentance. Ask the people of Nineveh. Ask Jonah. I want you right now, church, I want us to pray for this nation. Come on, church, pray for this nation. I'm not going to lead you yet. I want you to pray. Come on, unison and unison and in unity in this room. Pray for this nation. God, we Father, we pray for America. God, we pray for the nation that you have strategically, with divine purpose, placed us, God, on this continent. I pray that you help us as the church, God, to be movers and shakers in our works, in our school. God, help us in our families. God, help us in our ministry. Help us, oh God, I pray, to feel the groanings of this earth. Help us to sense what time it is, oh God, in this hour. God, help us, Lord, I pray, to be initiators. Help us to be assertive, oh God, in the things of Christ. Help us to be goers in Jesus' name. Help us to send. Help us to support. God, I pray that you help us, Lord, to be mobilized. That we don't just pray for revival in America, but God, you use us as the revival in America. God, use us as the solution. God, use us to fix the problems. Use us to intersect the loss. God, I pray that you help us to have favor. God, with those that are officials in this city. God, help us, Lord, I pray, to have favor with our national leaders. God, give us platforms to speak truth in Jesus' name. God, we repent. We repent. We repent. We turn from our wicked ways. God, that you would hear from heaven and that you would heal this land. In Jesus' name. Come on, I want you in closing with this song. Come on, just worship Him. Just worship Him. Come on, just worship Him.